Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I'm one of the co-founders here at OTM. I am back for another edition of the Weekly Recap Podcast, where I keep you updated on everything that happened this week in NBA Top Shot. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I am back in my humble abode in Philadelphia for the first time in quite a while. I've got the Tory Pines hat on because I am going to do a quick recap podcast here, and then I'm going to hit the golf course, and then... I'm going to be headed to the tennis courts to watch Michael Levy and Adam Levitan. Well, I'm probably not going to watch them, but at least meet them in person uh, since they're here in the neighborhood in Philly. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm just kind of, kind of, kind of wing it a bit today. I think what we, you know, the main topic right now is the hollow icon drop that took place yesterday. And so I'm just going to do a walkthrough of how the market has reacted. We, we put a poll out on a couple of polls out on Twitter yesterday getting people's thoughts on, on how that they thought things would shake out, whether the market would go up or down, how many people went up in line. I unfortunately did not get a hollow icon pack. Justin, Coop, Neil, all unsuccessful. However, Bach was able to secure one, and he's going to be joining the show on Monday night. Justin is on vacation next week, so coming to you Monday, we're going to have myself, we're going to have producer Coop, and we're going to have Bach in front of the camera. So the three of us are going to handle Monday night's tip-off show. And let's dive on in here. So over here at the OTM NFT homepage, and first off, if you did not notice, we have our new features that were released. So up in the top right corner, you can now create your own profile where you can favorite and select your favorite moments. So you can go to your My Profile page and check those out there. And then you'll see all throughout the site, the hearts that are next to each of the moments. So you can Select those, they will then become your favorites and you'll see them pop up on your homepage. And what do we notice here is that we've got all the top gainers are from the MGLE. And this is, I'm thinking a result of the LeBron James challenge that was announced. So just to break down everything that went down yesterday, we had the hollow icon drop, the final one. We now have hollow icon seven challenge that is started. We have the metallical 30 challenge. So we'll dive into those and just take a look at some of the hollow icon prices that, that have come up. So here it is. Let's uh, let's check out what we're seeing from some of the, the hollow icon moments. So, all right. I mean, when we go here, it looks like there was a massive spike in, in the prices of the set. That's just because of the new moments that were added. So just, just for that additional context there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we can check out. Let's start looking at the floor. So the floor of the Hollow Icon S2 right now is Darius Baisley with a low ask of $945. So goes to show right off the bat that any Hollow Icon pack that you were able to get for $230 yesterday was just an absolute steal. Coming in at a floor of, you know, basically 4Xing plus your money, not to mention the MGLE. So yeah, easy 4 5X on any pack that you got. And then obviously upside for a ton more if you're able to pull a quality moment. So shout out to everyone on Twitter that that responded to our tweet and showed us the moments that you guys got. Congrats on everyone that was able to secure a pack. And yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these are trading right around that kind of $1,000 mark, right? So, you know, starting to go up a little bit more, a little bit more. And then we get, obviously, we've got some of the super high-end hollow icon moments. And with that, we've got hollow icon seven challenge. So let's go ahead. We can check that out. Kevin Durant is the reward. Kevin Durant, hot topic right now after his massive, massive game earlier this week. 
And we've got Hollow Icon going for just shy of $19,000, and only six people have completed so far, which is not surprising. I mean, these moments have been out there for about 12 hours, a little over 12 hours at this point. Certainly not cheap to acquire. You've got the Zion and the Wiseman included in there. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes and to see how many people end up completing this challenge. But obviously realize that the hollow icon is not in most people's wheelhouse. What we do know is that with the hollow icon packs, where there were also some metallic gold moments included in those. And so with that, we had the metallic gold LE challenge 30 and LeBron James is the reward. And whenever LeBron James is the reward, we're going to see some prices. And here we have it looking at these 24 hour percentages. Everything is up between 58% and 92% for any of the moments that were included in that LeBron challenge. So we're looking at $4,300 to complete right now. 113 have completed thus far. We've got a full over, over full week to, to, continue to monitor this. So I'm sure that the, the Herzig bot will be in the lab at some point early next week reviewing this. But yeah, I mean, I think long story short is that anyone that was able to get a hollow icon pack is going to be very, very happy with their selection. The also the takeaway for me is that I don't, I don't think that we've seen, you know, a, a major decrease in the market across the board. That's always one of the concerns when we have these pack drops. So let's, let's go and check out the, the sets page and, yeah, so uh, cool cats are down 25%. That's not surprising given that people were buying the cool cats ahead of the drop because that was one of the easy ways to become eligible. So cool cats leading the way, you know, from the top in cosmic. That kind of is what it is. A lot of the S1 rares, you know, I'm not taking that too seriously. Uh, that, that just can, can kind of fluctuate day to day based on the, the high end prices. But yeah, I mean, I think here, here we go. And let's actually look at my favorite sets because I've, I've flagged some of the ones that I think are the most relevant, the base sets, et cetera. And what we've seen is that there hasn't been a ton of movement here. So last 24 hours, base set series two is only minus 2%. And base set series one is just right around even, minus 0.88%, seeing stars right around even. So I think that the takeaway there for me is that the market did not you know, drastically decline after the, the drop. And the reason why there was concern that maybe that would happen, right, is that people are buying moments ahead of the drop just in order to get their collector score to the 7,500 that was needed. Then they either get a pack or don't get a pack and then see their prices plummet after. And it's good to see that that we did not see that. And um, yeah, but the, but the cool cats are hurting. As everyone knows, I'm a cool cat guy. I completed the master challenge. I've still got all of them. I'm just probably hodling them for life at this point. And it is what it is. So yeah, once again, I will tout the profile page. Go ahead, log in today on otmnft.com. Create that profile if you haven't already. We're going to continue to do more and more to make the experience on our website a bit more personalized so that you can see what matters to you. We've also got our articles that are added on there. So Bach, comes out with his, his weekly recap article where he breaks down everything going on in the NBA. You're definitely going to want to check that out. I think we're going to get Justin back in the lab writing some more articles and just trying to, to provide some of that written content on top of all of the awesome data that we have. I'll quickly check in here on the playoff challenges as well. So for anyone that was 
eligible for the drop yesterday, but was not able to get a pack. You were able to get a rebound pack, which was a playoff pack. I unfortunately had a flight to catch at 6 p.m., so I did not get to, to stay in line long enough to get my rebound pack, which was a bit of a bummer. But, uh, yeah, more so a bummer for you guys because that probably would have just been giveaways and I would have donked off another playoff moment for the people. So we've got playoff challenge three for Giannis, just under 2,600 completion so far, trading at just under $300. And then for NBA playoff challenge number four for the Damian Lillard, 2,600 completions, 324 is trading there. It's been been relatively flat, trending up slightly. Carmelo Jokic leading the way in terms of price, but uh, yeah, I mean, what we see with these with these playoff backs is that it really it really comes down or these playoff challenges it really comes down to to four moments, and then the other ones are you know five dollar moments. So Justin broke that down on Wednesday, gave his his in depth challenge analysis that he had also shared in the Discord, so you guys can go ahead and check out that show there. All right, it is going to be a quick one today because, like I said, I I have a, quite a busy morning and need to to go ahead and get myself to the golf course. But I'd be remiss if I did not end with TJ's tilt of the week, especially because I mean it's super tilting. Two games in a row, the 76ers, Philadelphia 76ers, cannot hold a lead. I mean, my goodness, up like 20 points going into the fourth quarter, and we just blow it. Two games in a row. Really, really do hate to see it. And, ah, man, especially with, you know, the Nets, health questionable. Obviously, Harden played the other night, but was was clearly far from uh, clearly far from healthy. And I'm just realizing now that uh, – was there a game last night? No, there was All right. So, anyways, 76ers are tilting me. I'm tilting right now because I've got 600 things going on and I'm trying to figure out what to do, but my goodness, the Sixers need to get a dub and force that game seven. And hopefully we can continue on with this playoff run here in Philly. So thanks everyone for the short, short show today. If you are on the podcast feed, I am also now going to direct you to an interview that Justin did with Sirius XM radio. It's about a 13 minute interview talking about nfts blockchain so i'm gonna gonna tag that on to the end here and hopefully you guys enjoyed that thought that justin broke down a a lot of great points as he always does and as a good a good quick listen so thanks to everyone for the quick recap here on friday and on behalf of justin on behalf of producer coop i am tj lasik and we will see you guys next time welcome back to the show dominic Jimenez on the microphone in for rick tittle it's time to talk tokens. No, not Chuck E. Cheese tokens or anything like that. Non-fungible tokens. And I'll be speaking with my guest now, Justin Herzen. He's the co-founder of Own the Moment, a platform providing the content, tools, analytics, and insights to help people better understand and invest in NFTs. And Justin, we've seen a colossal rise in NFT and has become part of our lexicon now. What exactly is a non-fungible token. Dominic, it is great to be here. Thank you for having me. That is a great start to this. So at the most basic level, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, are unique and provably scarce digital assets that are on the blockchain or distributed ledger technology. Now, in layman terms, that allows people to truly own a digital image, a video, a song, 
and you can actually prove that you are the sole owner of that individual non-fungible token, that asset, through the technology. Now, is how how much uh, similarity is it between an NFT and you know Bitcoin? Because that's also on the blockchain, and it's it's a digital asset. There's not a um, there, there's a way to prove it through the le- the blockchain ledger, but it's not you know tangible. You don't actually have it. How similar are they in in terms of concept? Because we've seen uh, Bitcoin absolutely blow up in the last year, and the, the amount of NFTs and just how often we're hearing and saying about it has also blown up in the last year. Yeah, it's kind of like you know when the iPhone came out and a whole bunch of applications came out the applications on top of it can be very different. One might be to listen to music and one might be to go read the newspaper. But the technology behind it is still likely using Apple uh, applications. You know, you're still buying it through the Apple store. And so that's how I'd kind of compare it with Bitcoin versus some of these NFTs. Blockchain technology is the underlying platform, the underlying technology. And there's a few different ones out there as well. And then Bitcoin was just the first true use case. And what's that use case? That use case is around currency. And here we're saying, okay, that was great because you could actually transfer this digital currency and you could prove ownership of it and all these fantastic facets around the technology. And now with NFTs, we're able to do similarly, but not with currency, but with actual assets around what we're interested in, a picture, a short clip, a video, a song. We can show that true ownership. I can actually invest in something Maybe there's this musician that I'm really interested in and they're selling their songs. Um, I can kind of get a true ownership of their digital version of that song. And uh, there's just a lot of really cool opportunities here. Now, what do you all at Own the Moment do to help educate the casual fan who wants to learn more about NFTs and digital collectibles? Because I think during the course of the pandemic over the last year, people are are diversifying their assets. It's not all just in the stock market anymore. People are investing in, you know, cryptocurrencies. They're investing in um, bonds. They're investing in cards and digital assets now. So what resources do do, uh, do you all at Own the Moment provide to help people learn about what they're doing? Because it is real money they're investing, and obviously yes. they want to be safe with it. Yeah, and you're 100% correct. We've seen that close to three in five Americans, I think it's 59%, are interested in investing in alternative assets. They want to move away from traditional finance. In the next three years, the alternative asset industry is going to hit $14 trillion. This is definitely the way of the future, and we're starting to see it. And NFTs are just that next vehicle for retail investors. But just as, you know, when you're getting into the stock market, if you're just throwing a dart or you're just kind of, you know, pull some Scrabble letters, it's probably not going to give you the most success. But with NFTs, we want to be able to provide people with the level of confidence, the experience, the engagement, uh, the data, the learnings, the education. So we've really been trying to partner with kind of that early stage, welcome to the industry, I'm interested in these places, and we provide them with that education, the what is this, the basics, the how do I do this. We then take that next step and we have a data platform that people can see, okay, how have these various moments, these NFTs, how have they really either appreciated, depreciated, what are the really underlying metrics around these Um, from, uh, you know, from an analytics perspective so that I know what I'm buying. And then we take it the next step and we go, okay, let's make sure how we can turn that into insights, how we can provide uh, a level of strategic direction. So it's not telling you what you should buy, but it's teaching you how you should create your own approach, your own strategy. 
And the last one is really a level of community. So much around this is people want to, you know, hey, LaMelo Ball, he puts out his project of NFTs. People like kind of seeing, okay, which one did you get? Which one should I get? What was it that appealed to you about that one? And so we've helped build a really rigorous and highly engaged community so people aren't just traversing this journey on their own. And uh, that's really what continues to drive us as, you know, as a company. In your expert opinion, why have NFTs been such a perfect fit for the sports world? Because I've seen, you know, the amount of companies doing digital cards blow up and you can get one of one cards digitally, which is cool. And uh, the NBA has backed Top Shot where you can own moments, which is essentially highlights of some of your favorite players. And it's just the amount of money going in and out of these things has risen incrementally. Why have NFTs and the sports world been such a perfect fit? Yeah. And I mean, let's think back to my childhood. Two things about my childhood. One is I collected sports cards in the you know, 1988, 89, 90. And for people who are familiar with sports cards, what happened during that time period is the companies that were creating these cards, they minted millions and millions of these cards to the point that no matter how great of a player you got, it wasn't worth anything because there were just so many out there. But we as children and we as collectors didn't know that because there was no one overseeing and telling us how many there were. With NFTs, there are, because everything is traceable across the blockchain, so you can see exactly how many are created, how many are out there, who owns what, and that level of transparency is extremely important. And the second is, when I looked in, you know, I grew up, you know, my family were, you know, had me really into sports, I played all the sports, I had a, there's this room, one room, you walk upstairs, and you've got all of our uh, autographs, all the pictures, the broken bats I got, and they're hanging all around the room. And so when my friends come over, I'm able to kind of show them hey, look at my fandom. Look at these teams that I'm a fan of. Look at all these cool things I have. We're shifting and we're moving into a digital world. So why should I not be able to show off my sports fandom through my phone, through my computer, through my online persona? And that's where I think a lot of the real opportunity is. And Mark Cuban wrote a great blog post about this. Hey, to some of us older people, like it may not make sense to kind of own this image that I could go Google search or watch this video that I could go on YouTube but the way that we actually think about fandom, think about collecting, think about ownership of digital assets is shifting. In the FIFA online soccer game, people were paying over a billion dollars just to get to maybe pick these cards, they get to get play with these players, and when the next game comes out, anything they spent was gone. There was no real ownership. Now imagine something that allows you to truly own these, so not only do you get it on that platform, but you can take it off the platform and trade it for something else. You can trade a top shot moment maybe for some piece of art or maybe some other form of an NFT, a song that comes out, and it allows that real full transferability um, because of this true ownership of the assets. We are speaking with Justin Herzen. He's the co-founder of Own the Moment, a platform providing the content, tools, analytics, and insights to help people better understand and invest in NFTs and they're always going to be the, oh, it's a scam, or this is stupid because it isn't tangible crowd. And, but like we've been talking about, the rise of popularity of NFTs across all genres of collecting have increased immensely. It's not just sports. Like you mentioned, it's art. Um, we've seen a tennis player uh, provide, uh, provide, put uh, her arm uh, sponsorship, basically, as an NFT. We've seen um, kids who were popular in memes Post the meme as an NFT. We, we've seen so many different things. There have to be inherent risks, right? Or are they seemingly the future of collecting in terms of the safety of it being on a blockchain? 
I mean, there's definitely risks involved. There's definitely this could be the future of collecting, and those two aren't mutually exclusive. Just like pogs were famous and Beanie Babies were popular and you could collect them and they were real, it doesn't mean they're always going to have long-term value. And with this space, it's no different. It's really important to kind of truly understand, you know, what are you getting yourself into? Because, yes, there are some people who are in this just for money. There are some people who it might be a cash grab. It might feel scammy. And uh, that's where at on the moment, you know, one of our goals is really to help educate and understand and kind of take you through that process of how should you evaluate the legitimacy, the viability of a project. And so we kind of take a three key elements approach to how we, uh, you know, when in discovery mode, assess these projects. The first is the quality of the NFTs. You know, is this look like it's really just a cash grab? Are they just taking a picture and just posting it on there? Or maybe are they actually kind of, you know, taking it that next step? They get an artist, they get a level of creativity, maybe even some form of personal attachment to the uh, player or the team or something, but really assess is this something that you think is a great part of my collection? The second is around community engagement and development. We've seen a lot of projects that have been very successful and such as, you know, hey, LaMelo Ball, when he dove in, he also started engaging the community. He got online. He started actually looking into other projects as well, but he showed like, I'm truly passionate about this space. And I think that's going to give his collectors, his investors more confidence that this is something LaMelo is going to continue to, you know, focus on and make it a key part of his career going forward. And the third one is long-term viability. If you invest in a project, if you collect something that at the end of the day in five years, no one knows about, it doesn't matter how valuable it is to you. If no one knows about it and no one's interested in it, then it's not going to have value in that secondary market. So, um, you know, if it's something you like and it gives you happiness, then collect it by all means. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for people that are looking to get into this as an alternative investment, an alternative asset vehicle, that's where I really want to, you know, think about those three elements and making sure that there is that long-term strategy, that long-term roadmap, that long-term viability, that these will continue to be a main, you know, keepsake collector, highly valued, highly desired item for the foreseeable future. And one last question for you, Justin. What's the next avenue for NFTs in the sports world? We've seen it with collectibles. We've seen it with cards. We've seen it with moments with Top Shot and videos. We've seen it, again, the tennis player uh, using an NFT to uh, somebody could buy a sponsorship on her arm. What's next for NFTs in the sports world? Yeah, I think the greatest opportunity is going to honestly be for college athletes. With the name, image, likeness legislation that we see being you know, pushed through and NCAA President Mark Amart, Um, talking about how, hey, he wants this to be uniform, I think in the very near future, college student-athletes are going to have the opportunity to profit off their name, image, and likeness. Now, where does that leave us? Well, the top athletes, the top 1%, they're going to get their marketing deals. They're going to be highly desired. They're going to be highly, you know, uh, they're going to, you know, easily get their stuff. But what about the other 99%, the ones in the less well-known, less public sports, maybe the bench players? NFTs allows those people to be able to truly own their brand, own their from a creative aspect around how they want to engage with the community and what they want to develop. And I think that's a fantastic step. Like, I don't know if you remember in the NCAA basketball tournament, maybe three years or so, the Monmouth basketball team, the reason why we still remember them today is because their bench made them famous. They had these celebrations. They had just hilarious, absolutely. But you could tell like those bench players, they were loving it. They put time into it. Those players, if they have the name, image, likeness, and ability to profit off of it today, they're probably not going to go and sign with Nike. But what they could do is maybe work with a local cool artist to, hey, let's make some NFTs of each of those celebrations. 
and let's sell those and let's build a community around it. And I think those would have been really, you know, desirable. I know I would have bought them. And I think that's where this whole aspect of NFTs and true ownership and eliminating that middleman, eliminating the corporation who has to kind of pick and choose which athletes are valuable enough to actually market, we remove that and you allow the student athletes actually to use their creativity, their maybe unique skills, their passion to directly sell to the consumer. We've been speaking with Justin Herzen, co-founder of Own the Moment, a platform providing the content, tools, analytics, and insights to help people better understand and invest in NFTs. Justin, if people want to find more information, where can they go? Yeah, go to, so our website's otmnft.com, Own the Moment NFT, or uh, I'm very active on Twitter or anything else, Justin Herzig. I'd love to chat with anyone else who uh, found this interesting or has further questions. There it is, Justin Herzen, Own the Moment. Justin, thanks so much for uh, taking some time, explaining some NFTs, and talking about the future of collecting. Much appreciated. Cheers. It was great talking with you, too.